Okay, let me crack my knuckles, and then we shall begin. Hello, it's Chappie here. It's Friday again in your lives, people. And uh, it's so lovely to be here in the comfort of this warm, engaging Butler Shack studio that I like to call home. And um, here I am. You know, it's, it's been a, a wonderful week. I once can crack or fling open the windows that helps me get some better sleep. I mean, it's absolutely lovely. But I do worry that I scare the nocturnal wildlife. I pull up the blinds and I'm in the altogether. And, um, you know, I think I'm scaring the foxes, coyotes, badgers. Who knows what else is out there? Maybe a couple of woolly mammoths. But I, I, I do think they see the shadow of a creature similar to a woolly mammoth at the window in the uh, light of the pink moon, which, which happened this week. It was absolutely fantab- fantabulous. I mean, I couldn't see the pink moon initially, uh, but it was pointed out to me and um, I I finally saw it and it was huge. The moon, yeah. And that's how, I mean, I sleep so much better with the uh, window abreast and uh, a light single wafer thin sheet over my uh, rotund butler torso. But here we are. And it's the weekend uh, is, a, is upon us. Um, I mean, it's like a chariot chasing towards us here with a rampant Roman whipping the, uh, the chariot as he goes along here. And that's the weekend. And it's on its way towards us right now. And it's Friday. And I hope you all have that Friday feeling. It's a beautiful spring day. You know, I, po- I posted the, uh, a few pictures this morning of my springtime jaunt here uh, here in Colorado and um, lovely little walk and then finished it off with uh, with some uh, smoked salmon and uh, and some scrambled eggs and the key I think the key to uh, to smoked salmon and scrambled eggs is that very buttery toast I mean it, it's incredibly important the buttery toast is very very important um, and uh, and absolutely lovely so in real time um, I, I know we did this once before, or tried to. I have my gentleman, I'd say gentleman caller, but everybody's a chappy, what are you up to, dear boy? Uh, no, I have my gentleman actually doing some shopping for me right now. I mean, there's this very incredible thing called Instacart. I know they had it in the UK for probably since Victorian times. They used to deliver it on a horse and cart uh, with square wheels, and that's how long they've been delivering groceries in the UK. Um, but uh, but he's going to be adding, you know, he's going to be doing some shopping, and we'll see what is not available at the moment. I know the price of toilet rolls have gone up two dollars this morning. Two dollars. I mean, is this supply and demand? One or two, one too many uh, curries and uh, extra hot chilies this week, so the toilet rolls have gone up uh, twofold. I mean, it could be it, that could be the case potentially. Um, but uh, but we'll keep an eye on that as, as, as messages come in. I don't know, uh, for you in the UK, it's like the old uh, teleprinter on a uh, Saturday afternoon when the uh, football, uh, or soccer scores for our American friends, 
uh, start coming in and uh and uh, you know it's like a one of those teleprinters uh, printing out slowly the results coming in accrenting stanley nil tottenham hotspur four and you can actually tell uh what the scoreline is going to be manchester united five chelsea nil i mean and that's that's how i believe my shopping uh, is going to come in now there's a couple of things i do want definitely uh, to occur on the list and um yeah i'm trying to do away with the rice and potatoes but i can't do away uh with the with the, with the magnum ice cream i cannot do away with the magnum ice cream i mean this is the ice cream that's in a sarcophagus of chocolate that's basically what it is and it's absolutely oh my gosh it's absolutely lovely so we'll see what comes in on this uh, real-time shopping order for chappy the butler lots of brass polisher uh, lots of wood floor polisher uh you know and, and and some things to polish parts of my body as well to keep them nice and pristine and shiny and everything else uh that's what we have uh, going on but of course in the news this week uh it's been a big scandal in the uk it's the downing street renovations and uh, you know what, 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 what sort of curtains are putting up and uh, I disagree with the honourable gentleman. The curtains, I paid out of my own pocket. I mean, that sounds more like Winston Churchill than Boris Johnson. Uh, you have to get the older. Nice to see you. It sounds like Bruce Forsyth. Nice to see you. Nice. You know, but you have to get that whole sort of thing going on there. Um, but there was an incredible exchange in the House of Commons. And uh, the wonders of BritBox, you know, I, I think we probably should get BritBox advertising on this podcast. I mean, I but I mean, BritBox uh, is, is a wonderful TV app. And but you can get Prime Minister's questions um, streamed to you every week. So you can have 30 minutes of Prime Minister's questions. And I, I find that Prime Minister's questions actually relaxes me before bed. I know, I know it sounds absolutely ridiculous how it would relax me a little bit, but it does. You know, the, the barbed exchange, the jousting between two um, uh, political uh, opponents is, 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 rather, is rather interesting and lovely. And this week it was, I mean, the lawyer Keir Starmer, Mr. Personality, uh, was up against uh, the bumbling Boris. And he, he sort of skewered him a little bit, I think. Uh, but uh, then the polls come out and... Boris and the Conservative Party are 10 points ahead. So what do you do when you've got the uh, the mojo or the bojo, I guess, going on, which is, uh, which is, a- which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, uh, certainly the clown character of Boris against Mr. Lack of Personality. And so it, let's get to the podcast here. I mean, this is why we're here today, not me- hear me rambling on. Well, that is actually part of the podcast. Um, so here we go. Have you ever had a golden doodle between your legs? Mm. Um, the uh, also, you know, we have we we have the Vicks vapor rub, but I've got a whole new natural product that you can rub under your nostrils and all over your chest, and it gets rid of all of that guitar and in the, in the, in the old lungs. There, absolutely fantastic. Um, also, why I have to have my legs raised constantly. Um, also, we're going to be examining 
Zoom calls, it means everybody's Zoom zing falling asleep the whole Zoom idea. The wonders of the movie Top Secret, got to see that. Now, man alive, that is a wonderful movie. Anyway, um, also, uh, the uh, summer is coming. Uh, we have a battle of two different types of breath. Worms were falling from the sky. The, the uh, trials of moving. Um, hammock pouch underwear. Um, and, uh, and some of the stories as well. Nero's reputation is unfair, says the British Museum. Um, Fruit critic Jonathan Meads uh, launches a new defense of cultural appropriation. Uh, Skyvo took 15 years pay for no work. Can Algae help fight the climate change whole situation here? Exhausted middle-aged women want to sleep, not sex. And uh, also, I, I got uh, something sent through to me uh, in the whole social dilemma situation where I was told um, it was basically a, a pair of very cheap boxer briefs. Um, we'll be talking about that later. Why that was sent to me, possibly. Uh, Victorians nailed the no makeup makeup look, but don't tell anybody. And if you have high blood pressure, why not try watermelon juice? So some of these stories will slip very neatly into today's show. Um, and then some will probably, um, hmm. yeah, it may take a little bit more time and uh, fit in tomorrow's show. So there we have it. Uh, Trumple trombone also. Enigmatic English eccentric habits. Uh, we're going to take a historical figure and swipe left or right on them. And that is our show. That is Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. And I think, I believe, it's episode 83. But let, let's just double check it. Let's just double check it. It's episode 82, actually. Oh, I got a head of this last chap here. So kicking off today, we have this. We have the gentleman Skyver, the gentleman Skyver who took 15 years of pay for for no no apparent work, basically. Italy's notoriously work-shy civil servants have a new champion. A hospital fire safety officer who was paid in salary for 15 years without putting a single day at the office. Uh, Salvatore uh, Scamassi was hailed by Italian media as a king of absenteeism. After it emerged, he earned more than 500,000 uh, uh, euros between 2005 and 2020 without ever working. I wonder if they ever had the lira. It was in lira around 2005, so maybe he was paid in lira. So I think that sum could be in Krexa. Uh Scamassi uh, reportedly avoided scrutiny at the Puglesi uh, Sisto uh, Hospital in uh, Cantazaro after he allegedly threatened a personnel officer. He faces trial for extortion and fraud and has been asked to pay back his wages. Another six hospital staff are under investigation after they examined uh, Scamassi's attendance record last year and declared it was out of order. It seems that not much has got done in the hospital. 57 other employees have already uh, been sent to trial for skipping work to play slot machines, sit in cafes or shopping in supermarkets. One employee who punched the clock for absent colleagues raised an umbrella while doing so, apparently out of fear of being spotted on the cameras. The case combined two of Italy's weaknesses, an underproductive public sector and a healthcare in the Calabria region, which is frankly infiltrated by the mafia. Uh, Scamassi's absenteeism outstripped the record set in 2014 by a Sicilian doctor who managed to put in just 15 days work in nine years by mixing endless training courses with sick leave. When questions doctor going on courses is normal, I'm being punished for developing my understanding. 
In 2015, investigators in San Remo, North Italy, uh, caught uh, council employees clocking in, then heading out for a day's kayaking, uh, whilst uh, found holding down uh, one was found holding down a second job as a florist. A police officer in the town who secretly photographed as he came down the step from his flat above the office in the morning in his underpants, punched the clock and then returned home. Uh, lawyers initially argued that his uh, client's state of undress was no obstacle in doing his duties, claiming he has once forward a robber in his pants. Uh, at the trial, uh, the officer was acquitted when the lawyer tried a second argument, claiming the time the officer spent putting on his uniform at home was part of the working day, as such could take place after he punched in. Oh, work your body. So I found one of the most invigorating things in, in the morning can be a, a golden doodle between the legs. So <clears throat> woke up uh, woke up the other morning and uh, went downstairs uh, to give, you know, give everybody a little bit of space in the morning to wake up and ease into the day slowly, darling. So, um, and, you know, release the hounds, basically. I'm talking about the golden doodle here. And the golden doodle scurried out. I mean, this is a huge fluffy monster i mean it's got like a uh, a sort of blondish um almost like a blonde version of bobby ball uh the english comedian a haircut you know he hasn't got any braces you try it no he didn't none of that going on but um he does uh, or she does sorry uh have a very curly a uh, beautifully blonde curly mane i mean the sort of the sort of thing that my mother would have paid probably 15 pounds uh for a uh, golden doodle perm back in the 1980s i mean she would have done that i mean it would it, she th this dog has beautifully naturally curly bouffon curls where my mother would have paid probably 15 15 pounds maybe even 20 for that for that uh, for that type of uh, barbarossa perm barbarossa um anyway so if you're a little bit sleepy in the morning now a nice cup of uh you know boiling hot pg tips is is the best way to to wake oneself up in the morning but second is um is is a golden doodle thinking that i'm a croquet hoop and uh it's that is the blonde fluffy ball and it goes through the croquet hoop uh but forgets that um you know chappie's crown jewels are hanging below and the butler scurries through uh, my croquet hoop, so to speak, and uh, nearly uh, nearly knocks over the uh, baton, so to speak. Um, and uh, that, that's basically how my morning started. Now, if anything doesn't wake you up in the morning, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a golden time of the morning. You've got a golden doodle and it's uh, some real golden years, basically. And... Uh, it wakes you up and uh, invigorates one in the morning. It's the uh, best part of the day. And uh, dare I say, the golden part of the day. So a trip to Mars. You'll die on the way, says Elon Musk. Elon Musk has predicted that a bunch of people will probably die going to Mars during attempts to populate the red planet. The billionaire sh uh, chief executive of Tesla and SpaceX who predicted a manned Mars landing by 2026, warned that the voyage to the planet would be arduous and dangerous journey where you may not come back alive. <laughs> you might die. It's going to be uncomfortable and probably won't have good food. I mean, can't you Uber or uh, or get Grubhub on Mars? Or will it be Space Rocks and Mundasta? He said during an interview, a founder of the XPRIZE Foundation with rewards uh, scientific innovation. Musk plans to establish a human society on Mars and is set to set SpaceX 
which was set up in 2002 specifically to build rockets to carry thousands of human beings to the planet. Going to Mars reads like an advert for Shackleton going to the Antarctic, he said. During the interview on uh, Earth Day last Thursday, you know it's dangerous, it's uncomfortable, and it's going to be a long journey. You may not come back alive. But it is a glorious adventure, and you'll find it an amazing experience. Uh, yes, honestly, a bunch of people will probably die in the beginning. Well, you know, that's going to really get people uh, booked for, you know, I think I'll take a first class ticket, please. Uh, and, uh, and also an economy ticket for my, uh, my hound, Roxy. Um, Musk also addressed concerns about carbon emissions produced by spaceflight, saying that humanity has an obligation to ensure the creatures of Earth uh, continue, even if there is a calamity on Earth. It sounds like the, um, it really sounds like the, um, it, it does sound like the plot to Moonraker. I have to say, we got Hugo Drax. One step for mankind, Mr. Bond. Uh, this year, he will become the world's second richest man with a $150 billion fortune. SpaceX had launched more than 100 rockets in the past decade with equal measure of triumph and disaster. However, SpaceX's Dragon Endeavour spacecraft successfully docked with the International Space System at the weekend, the first time SpaceX has reused a capsule and rocket to launch astronauts for NASA following years of tests and supply runs. So uh, Musk thinks that he's going to suffer maybe a fate worse than death or maybe death itself on his trip to Mars. Uh, you know, I, I think he doesn't have to worry about boys from Mars or girls from Mars. Just just imagine though, just imagine if Johnny, Johnny Depp stows away on that flight. I mean, his testicles may be crushed and made into Mars dust. I'm getting my vaccine in a couple of weeks here. Um, you know, but if, you, if you've got a common cold or a little bit of congestion or something along that, I mean, one of the best things is rubbing, uh, rubbing Vicks Vaporub all over your chest, all over your back, and especially on your feet with some nice, thick Alpine socks on. Now, that really does cure all ills. But I have mistakenly discovered, I've mistakenly discovered another type of uh, resin, it's actually a natural food item that I can put somewhere and it really does help with any congestion or any uh, block passages or mucus or anything like that. Oh, by the way, quick update. We have no update on the shopping list, so every item has been found thus far. So anyway, <clears throat> so we have the item in my hand. Give a little 10 second guess what it might be. So, it is in fact Manchester made. I mean, it's up north, so it must be stronger. Durs English mustard. Now, you can rub this all over your body. I mean, it probably helps that you do, if you don't have some sort of partner or lover or anything like that. So, do it when you're probably not seeing them. So, you know, if you're congested and you do have a lover, maybe not best to put red hot mustard all over your body or under your nostrils. But here we go. So we open it up and I mean it smells very spicy so I'm going to I'm going to rub a little bit under the nostrils for the rest of the show. It's got a certainly a little bit of a kick to it. It is marvelous. It is marvelous. So I had a pot a little bit in the mouth and I rubbed some under the nostrils and I'll rub a little bit into the hairy chest here. So I'm just going to rub that a little bit of English mustard on the chest. I mean, that really does 
talk about the golden golden doodle between the legs the, the mustard really does uh, that, that's like an atomic bomb to the nostrils and everything else and just as powerful as Vicks Vapor Rub now I will rub a little bit on my feet later put a pair of thick socks on and report back I am worried about the uh, the yellowy stain uh, st- you know really not doing the best uh, job in terms of staining and making the socks look very unappealing I mean, you don't really want to see yellowish socks when one takes off one's English leathers, do you? So that could be a problem. But anyway, I'm breathing much better. Uh, I think it's helping my elocution, my oratory for this uh, podcast. And uh, there we go. English mustard underneath the nostrils, rubbed onto the chest. And I will report back, uh, you know, in terms of the uh, what effect it has on the feet. I mean, it could cure calluses or any sort of water or carbuncle as well. I imagine it may fall off, fall off if you rub English mustard on a carbuncle. There we go. Well, I will let you know, though. So, is the spice a little bit too much? We shall see. So, the social dilemma really does strike again. <laughs> the, the advert that just came onto my iPad just now, completely accidentally, was Hendrix Gin. How do these artificial intelligent elves know that I do fancy... A gin and tonic with a slice of cucumber at the moment. I mean, that, that may just ease me into my uh, ease me into my day here, potentially. I mean, it's, it's going to be a warm day today. So one single gin and tonic uh, may, be, uh, may be the elixir one needs to kickstart the weekend. Uh, but here we go. So saw this, which is very, very interesting. American honey is radioactive from decades of nuclear bomb testing. A new test study found that bees have been harvesting elevated levels of irradiated pollen for decades. The world's nuclear powers have detonated more than 500 nuclear bombs in the atmosphere. These explosions were tests, shows a force of rival to nations and proof that countries such as Russia, France and the US had mastered the science of the bomb. The world's honey has suffered for it, according to a new study by the Natural uh, Communications Honey in the United States is full of fallout lingering from these atmospheric nuclear tests. For the study, researchers collected honey samples from more than 100 hives and soil samples from 110 locations across the eastern United States. The scientists found that elevated levels of cesium both in the soil and honey samples. While most of the radiation produced by the nuclear weapons detonation decays within the first few days, one of the longest-lived and most abundant fission products is cesium, which has a radioactive half-life of 30.2 years. Previous research after Chernobyl nuclear disaster identified elevated levels of uh, cesium in European honey and pollen. While concentrations of cesium we report in honey today are below the dietary threshold level of concern observed by many countries and not evidently dangerous for human consumption, the widespread uh, residual radiation is surprising given the nearly two and a half lives have elapsed since most of the bomb's productions. The U.S. conducted the majority of its atmospheric tests in the Marshall Islands and American Southwest. The fallout spread across the atmosphere and settled across the planet. Eastern North America received dis- disproportionately high fallout from the 1950s to 1960s. Most of it dissipated quickly, but the cesium stuck around and soaked into the soil where its chemical structure, which is similar to potassium, made its attractive to plants. Potassium and cesium are chemically similar. Um, it also found that an inverse relationship between the amount of potassium naturally occurring in soil and the amount of the fallout found in the honey. Southern states contained three times the amount of fallout that the northern states did, and southern soils uh, did not contain much potassium. While this honey is probably safe for human consumption, it may not be for the bees who generated it. 
I mean, it's very, very sad. I mean, honey is one of the most beautiful things to put on a piece of toast or a nice cup of tea or anything along those lines. Um, but uh, it's the living bee that's, uh, that's being affected here. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have a little bit of an update for you. It is our supermarket sweep update. All right, so here we go. We have news from Cory the Shopper. Cory the Shopper has just reported back that, repeat, I couldn't find the beef knuckle brand you asked for, so I got you a pet pride beef knuckle. Will that work? Yes, indeed, Cory. The beef knuckle from pet pride will work just fine. So life definitely feels better when my legs are raised in the air. I mean, I think it makes a hell of a difference to me. Um, I have to have my legs raised constantly, I found. I mean, I maybe need to get one of those hammocks or um, possibly a, a secondhand... Well, I don't think a secondhand sex swing would probably work, you know, because, I mean, how many times do you have to bleach a secondhand sex swing for it to be clean? Um, not that I know anything about sex swings. I've just seen these... Curtains... Curtains and down the street... Anyway, so... I, uh, I mean, I love to have my legs raised constantly. I mean, I don't have to, uh, to wear flight stockings, but I, I do like to have my legs up. I mean, even on a plane, I get a slightly, you know, slightly larger, thicker suitcase with a higher base so I can rest my legs on it. So I have my legs in the air and I don't have to put the flight stockings on. Because I always wonder, you know, if I ever split my trousers whilst on an aeroplane and it reveals these stockings... Um, you know, what will people think of me, uh, Chappy the Butler, in a pair of uh, flight stockings? I mean, it could be a bit of a problem. And also, the uh, the stockings do have a little bit of slippage now and again. Now, have you ever had that before where your, your, your flight stockings are slipping down? I mean, can you get uh, flight stocking suspenders to hold these up, to keep these stiff and upright and over the knees, darlings? I mean, I think it's very important that uh, that we may or should invent a suspender or some clip. I mean, you could do those uh, those sort of bull clips you use in the office, and um, you know, if you if this is your leg a little bit of pain, you could like clip clip it to maybe if you've got a very hairy leg, clip the uh, bull clip on the stocking, raise it up, and then attach it to the uh, to the hairy lagoon. And, uh, and that'll keep everything up, I mean, basically. Because that's always a worry for me that, that people see me in flight stockings and think, um, yeah, they always suspected he wore flight stockings. I mean, that's what I, I do. But I mean, uptight, uptights, everything's going to be all right. All right, we have our little historical Tinder where we take a historical character and really decide, do they deserve to be swiped left or swiped right? So we have Tycho Brah. Uh, dwarf and elk today I mean there's not a lot of information on the uh, noseless astronomer Tycho Brahe uh, but uh, but you know I've done some devoted research here and Tycho was said to be 1% of the entire wealth of Denmark at one point in the 1580s and he often held large social gatherings in his castle he kept a dwarf named Jep who Tycho believed to be a clairvoyant as a court jester who sat under the table and during dinner, Pierre Gassandi wrote that Tycho also had a tame elk or moose and that his mentor Langrave Wilhelm 
Hesse Casal asked whether or not the animal was faster than deer. Tycho replied, writing that there was none, but he could send his tame elk. When Wilhelm replied he would accept one in exchange for a horse, Tycho replied with the sad news that the elk had just died on a visit to entertain a nobleman in Las Cronia. Uh, apparently, during dinner, the elk had drunk a lot of beer, fallen down the stairs, and uh, had died. Okay, we have some uh, live news coming in and live feed of the elk falling down the stairs. So the mercury is rising out there considerably here in Colorado, up to nearly 80 degrees. And um, so there's, there's two editions of the podcast, basically. So just wanted to explain this. There's the audio version where you can just listen to my sublime, mirthless tones um, and uh, could probably send you into it like a deep slumber or a mid-afternoon nap on a hammock. You know, little syrupy, little you know really really coating the throat with honey that's what i try to do not the radioactive kind but you know i don't want my tonsils to fall out or anything like that but then we have a butler playlist as well a musical emporium playlist suited for the day so like today we have some delamitri timberlake justin timberlake uh, bowie uh, ash spice girls um Stevie Wonder, I mean, so many. Packed in, packed to the rafters with musical delight. And for the rest of the show, I think we're going to go Yacht Rock Summer Crazy um, for the rest of the program. So the music you'll be listening to on the Spotify Anchor FM edition uh, will uh, will contain some very summery sort of tunes, really to get you in the mood to take your socks off and, and put on your boat shoes, basically. But I can't handle, I've said this before, I can't handle that little fine piece of material plastic thread between the toes of the flip-flop i don't like it and you would never see me dead in crocs i know crocs are making a comeback i mean how can you have crocs with fur fur in them it's it's just ridiculous how can that even i mean once that fur gets wet you're gonna smell like a wet skunk basically so the rest of the show we do have um a little bit of a summary mix um and uh I mean, in the summertime, uh, you know, probably a little bit of uh, a, a, a little bit of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, maybe potentially. Um, but um, Paul Weller has a new album coming out, so love Paul Weller, love the Jam, and uh, love a long hot summer with the Style Council. So once again, I can hear the raspy trumpet sound, which really does mean that it's trumpet trombone. I actually hear the trumpet sound in my head right now. Can you hear it too? Um, Brit films UFO following plane before reaching speeds unmatched by anything on Earth. A man is convinced he's captured an unidentified flying object traveling at such speeds that nothing on Earth would be able to match it. Malcolm Claxton noticed the supposed UFO above Grimsby in the UK April 22nd and quickly whipped out his camera to film it. The video shows the apparent metallic object hovering in the distance as the plane flies past. Every so often, according to Malcolm, it turns invisible, but then reappears and continues to move parallel to the plane. He claimed the object was in the sky for 40 minutes, adding that then, then when the plane came, it moved along with the plane. It kept disappearing and coming back. It moved with the plane parallel. Oh, those magnificent Martians in their flying phalluses.
and bizarre metallic ring UFO filmed over Texas Golf Club freaks out witnesses. A bizarre video showing the moment alleged UFO with a metallic ring floating inside it zoomed across the golf course in Texas. In the clip, uploaded by Reddit user U-Ford, that's my name, a shiny metallic object is flying in the distance near a golf club in Irvine. In the background, he and his friends try to suss out the weird object. A male voice says, That's not a weather balloon, dude. It's flat. It's really moving weird, said another voice. The first man agrees it's moving really weird like it's spinning, and it's got another disc inside of it that's spinning. Very bizarre. Um, I mean, I th- I thought the world's biggest ring piece was last seen golf in Mar-a-Lago. And the Bloody Mary has a number of variations, <clears throat> but must commonly consist of vodka, lemon juice, lemon Tabasco sauce, and Liam Perrin's Worcestershire sauce. Come on, you yanks out there. Try to say Worcestershire sauce after me. Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire sauce. With a pinch of pepper and stick of celery. Um, so this year, Bloody Mary is celebrating 100 years since it was created. The tipple has many variations, but most commonly consisted vodka, uh, tomato juice, lemon, Tabasco sauce, and Liam Perrins. So here are 10 tasty facts about the Bloody Mary. While there's a number of claims to the origins of Bloody Mary, it's generally acknowledged it invented by a French bartender, Fernand Peyol, who was working at Harry's New York Bar in Paris, a favourite writer of Ernest Hemingway. He experimented with the taste of vodka uh, brought over by exiles who escaped the Russian Revolution and tried to jazz it up. He was also introduced to the American staple of the canned tomato juice and had the brainwave in 1921 to put, that, put it together. The use of a celery stick as garnish came about as an impatient customer at the New York Hotel in the 1960s didn't get a stirrer for his drink, so he grabbed the first thing he could see, which is a piece of celery off the bar. The phrase hair of the dog, drinking alcohol to ease the hangover, originally referred to a treatment to a rabid dog bite, which involved placing hair from the same canine on the wound. And then we have, there is a debate of how the tipple gets its moniker. Some claim it's from the ruthless Queen Mary, dubbed Bloody Mary, due to the number of Protestants she bumped off during her reign. Another theory, though, is it was named after the silent actress Mary Pickford, a huge celebrity in the 1920s. Scientifically, a Bloody Mary tastes better in the air, according to a German 2010 study where the dry air in an aircraft cabin makes it harder to detect sweet and salty taste, but the savoury flavours of tomato and sauces, such as Liam Perrin's Worcestershire sauce, cut right through it. The cocktail also enjoyed a surge in popularity in the UK after the film in the 1920s novel The Great Gatsby was released in 2013, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Carrie Mulligan. Gatsby author F. Scott Fitzgerald was another regular at Harry's New York bar at the time of the drink's invention. And in Quentin Tarantino's 2010 film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Brad Pitt's stuntman character has a Bloody Mary in the opening scene. Uh, number nine, don't want vodka in yours, no problem. With gin, it's a red snapper, a bloody fairy with absinthe, a bloody molly with Irish whiskey, and a bloody maria with tequila, minus the alcohol. It's known as Bloody Mary. The largest Bloody Mary ever created used 500 litres of tomato juice to make a cocktail totaling uh, 588.43 litres. The world's most expensive was made in Wisconsin in 2015, costing £50 uh, a glass, dubbed the Bloody Beast. It was garnished with cheese, sausage, pickles, olives, onion, mushrooms, asparagus, spring onions, prawns, lemon, Brussels sprouts, tomato, celery, and a whole fried chicken. It sounds like a Thanksgiving dinner, Bloody Mary, to be honest. Um, so, thank you know, thank God he didn't stick another appendage in the Bloody Mary when he was stirring it in that New York City bar 
uh, with Tabasco. I mean, Tabasco and testicles don't really mix very well. It's sort of hair of the knob. You're always very welcome to send me stories, but somebody did send me a uh, Times News story from my own account. Uh, Wham Bam, thank you, Mom. Sex toy brand Love Honey receives uh, Queen's Award. Uh, Britain's biggest sex toy brand has been given royal approval with an award from the Queen. Uh, Love Honey will be able to use Her Majesty's emblem in advertising, marketing, on packaging for the next five years. Since 2015, the online retailer's overseas sales have grown from 12 million to 56 million uh, pounds, offering a wide range of products from lingerie to bondage toys. The uh, growth has been uh, the growth and expansion <clears throat> has been recognised by the Queen's Award for Enterprise, which has described the highest accolade for business successes. Debbie Bond, Chief Commercial Officer of Love Honey. Uh, we are thrilled to have uh, re- received official recognition from the Queen. I wonder if the Queen's put a royal embossed stamp on the sex toys. Who knows? Her Majesty's been a wonderful supporter of Love Honey as we've grown into being the world's leading sexual wellness brand. Royal patronage will help us create more jobs in our Bath headquarters and our international office and spread the sexual happiness message globally. The Queen and the UK's uh, greatest trade ambassador in the royal approval shows again how mainstream shoppers and retail outlets are embracing sexual wellness products. Love Honey is the UK's biggest online adult retailer and has a uh, eight other websites for the US, Australia, France and Germany. The company's global expansion was boosted by uh, winning the official license to make all Fifty Shades of Grey pleasure products. So as a public service, we would like to uh, to announce in our local neighbourhood, we also have uh, some sort of butler crime watch over the, uh, over the I scour my eye over the neighbourhood and see if there's any local crimes that I perhaps can solve as I go along my jaunt. And today we have, I'm afraid to say, lost parakeets. Our parakeets flew out today. If anybody spots them, can you notify me? There's a post here that somebody has found them in a tree in Knob Hill. Just posted from Walnut Hills four minutes ago. They're in a tree. The second crime of today. We were surprised to see an amazing young neighbor strolling down the sidewalks, playing his bagpipes. A true musical crime. I have always loved the bagpipes. We had them at my mum's funeral. It gave me the chills. Another answer. Has anybody got any earplugs? It's been rather lovely, rather smashing to have you here today, enjoying the podcast. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese. It's Chappie the British Butler. So I'm here uh, Fridays. Uh, I publish a podcast and normally Saturdays or Sundays. So we have two a week. Uh, They're all about just under an hour long. Uh, and then some are scattered, as I said, only on Spotify playlists on uh, we get music and in, in interludes. Um, and uh, and then uh, on the normal uh, Apple, um, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Pandora, all of the others, uh, it's without the music. So there we go. Um, so listen across all the platforms at Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese on uh, Instagram, at Keep Cheese on Twitter. Follow my nonsense uh, and shenanigans uh, over there. And um, we're going to be finishing with a lovely little springy summery poem soon. Summer splendor by the sea, Pat Sisko. Summer splendor by the sea, a gentle blue serenity. 
caressing rays of golden sun, blushing, bronzing, all who come. Enticed by its romantic lure, lovers stroll the sandy shore, hushing rhythm of the waves and salty, misty ocean sprays. Sea birds echo, call of cries, pierce the deep blue azure skies. Dolphins dancing on their way across the sea out to the bay. A glistening, shiny, sun-soaked day, all young and old alike at play. Building castles by the sea, jumping waves and spirits free. No place on earth is perfect to be, a summer splendour by the sea. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I will be back tomorrow uh, with another edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Until then, cheerio.